Hi, I'm Camila Peebles, and this is Real Charlotte Living, a weekly podcast highlighting Charlotte area lifestyle, business, and real estate. In honor of National Cybersecurity Month, we're going to be talking about, you guessed it, cybersecurity. My guest today is Jeb Gebhardt, Senior Cybersecurity Analyst with Assurian. Jeb, welcome to Real Charlotte Living. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you today. Um, Cybersecurity is such a hot topic. It's like the crime, like the, you know, of all of the crime going on. Um, I think this is like one of the biggest trends that affects everyone on a global level. So I'm excited to see what you're going to share with us today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's it's something you pull up CNBC and mm-hmm. you see that there's a new security breach or something that one of our, like a large consumer company has had an issue. And uh, that affects everything from consumer, you know, confidence in the brand and like everything from the stock price and all of that. And even, you know, hopefully we'll be able to talk about some of the uh, personal things, right? What can I do on an individual level to help keep myself safe from security threats in my personal life? Because, you know, there are some things out there that can happen and just can ruin your life. That's great. Um, so before we get started, I always like to kind of fi- find the story behind the person. So how did you get into cybersecurity? Yeah, at 12 years old, I, uh, I got really interested in computers, um, particularly building computers. Um, I was typical kid, you know, interested in Halo and video games and all this. And there's a lot of, a lot of kids were interested in, you know, modding their Xboxes or, you know, physical mods and all that stuff. So I got interested in that. Um, and then it went into, you know, how, what about software, right? Okay. And so I got into that a little bit. And uh, nothing serious. I didn't learn how to program. I didn't know how to code or anything um, until I went to college, really. Okay. But uh, it was really that, like, exposure to all these different uh, computer, you know, just the exposure to physical computers and messing around building them and modding them and all that stuff was super fun. So I found myself in college, uh, you know, what am I going to study? Every kid asks, you know, what am I going to study? What do I want to do with my life? And I kind of was, I was pretty early. I was like, I want to, I want to do cybersecurity. Yeah. And, you know, this was, I guess eight years ago. Okay. Um, and you know, it really, even then, even eight years ago, cybersecurity is was nowhere near where as popular where it is today, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, it was. I was super interested in that, so I, I actually studied finance and computer science. Okay. Um, so I was in the business school talking about uh, how I wanted to study cybersecurity and everyone's like what like (laughs) why do you want to do that um because everyone typically wants to study accounting or yes and uh i i just i just had this feeling or this hunch that it would be really good to understand how businesses operate Mm -hmm. and how risk is assessed and how how that works in the business world but then also honing in my studies uh 
at, in college yes. in the computer science area where I could get a technical background uh, to understand, you know, the two together. So okay. uh, really just a mix of like a technical background and in college with the computer science and then, you know, studying finance and business and how businesses can assess risk and um yeah, and that's and really helped with my career so far. Yeah, you know, it sounds like the two complement yeah. each other in a way that you wouldn't think. But then when you do kind of think about it, it makes sense. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's not just technical stuff, right? We're, it's a lot of, you know, managing people. It's a lot of understanding the business and understanding all the different aspects of the business. Um, and, you know, again, assessing you know, risk. Yeah. To the organization. I would imagine you have yeah. to understand, you have to understand the business in order to identify potential exposure to yep. risk would seem. Yeah. And there are so many, I mean, Camila, there are so many different unforeseen things out there that yeah. even businesses are, are just unaware of or not paying attention to that. Uh, you have a, let's say you have a ransomware event. Okay. And you're a small, medium-sized business. That is, I mean, that can take your whole business out. Oh, wow. And, okay. and the problem with that is not a lot of small or medium-sized businesses have, you know, have the capital to go and have their own security team. To invest right? in that. Um, mm -hmm. You only see, you know, large companies able to uh, build these large security organizations to you know, mitigate the risks, assess the risks, right, mm -hmm. um, and prevent and be proactive about cybersecurity yeah. uh, for, the, for the organization. Um, and even then, right, we see that companies have issues with happens. security. Yeah. Um, and it's really a, at an enterprise level, it's really an issue with securing the like the application development flow right it's product security it's uh it's security operations it's threat intelligence it's incident response it's identity and access management it's it's even privacy privacy law right okay. and and risk um and so you have all of these sub organizations with Within with, the cyber. With big security orgs, right? Okay. That are, they're all working together to uh, pr to prevent and be proactive about uh, any, I mean, it's really an on, and it's a, really a daily threat, yeah. right? And uh, so. Okay. What, um, for the, you know, the regular consumer, I guess, what are five, what are the five most important things we should know or do as it relates to cybersecurity? Number one, never use the same password or in the same email with multiple accounts. Okay. I can't tell you <laughs> how much trouble that can get you into. Example, let's say you sign up for an account. What's an online account? Uh, like Gmail or? Let's say, yeah, your Gmail. Okay. okay. Let's say you have a Gmail email. You have a password for that email account, okay. right? Let's say you go to Fandango, okay. for example. I don't know. I'm just thinking <laughs> yes. of something random. Here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
let's say you sign or uh, like Ticketfly, Ticketfly, for example, okay. had a issue a couple of years ago. They had some uh, records exposed, okay. right? Um, and accounts that were signed up with Ticketfly, and so let's say in your in this example, your Gmail account. Okay. Let's say you use your Gmail email as the email on your Ticketfly account, but then you use the same password that you use on your Gmail account on Ticketfly. Okay. Well, guess what? Like when someone compromises Ticketfly and they expose, you know, account names and emails and passwords, adversaries are going to go take that information and they're going to go to Gmail and they're going to try and log into your email with the password that was exposed from Ticketfly. Now, all of a sudden, someone has access to your Gmail. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. And I would say that that's, that is the number one mistake that most people make. Okay. They, they're, it's just, I can't remember, I can't remember all these passwords, <laughs> why do I need to do this and that, and I'm telling you, best case scenario is if you can remember yes. every single password that you have and every single password be completely unique, okay, do it. But I understand that <laughs> that's not possible. Yeah. So I recommend that people use something like a password manager. Okay. And what a password manager does is it allows you to have one master password and within the password manager, you have all of your accounts listed with all the account names and all your different unique passwords within the password manager. Okay. Um, so you never have to remember your password. Okay. For each account. You just have to remember that one password for your password manager. <laughs> okay. Um, and most of these password <laughs> managers, they have a mobile app, right? Uh, okay. Uh, or you can have a desktop app as well that will integrate with the browser. So there'll be a browser add-on. And, and will it automatically It'll auto-fill your okay, password sign-ins whenever you go, right, to okay. all your accounts. A um, couple of password managers that I recommend, uh, LastPass. Okay. Uh, and I like Remember. Remember? Remember. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. How often should we change our passwords? Or if we're using the password thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean can we just if you're change not, it once and forget yeah, about so it? When I, yeah. When I saw that question, you know, it was uh, I was like, if you're using a password manager and it's a long alpha alphanumeric string with symbols in it, well, maybe maybe you don't need to change your password regularly or even at all. Because no one's just going to be able to, no one, no one's really able to crack that at this point. We don't have okay. computing power to be able to just brute force a password like that. Okay. So uh, it's really my recommendation is don't worry about rotating passwords on okay. your personal accounts if you're using a a, a password manager. Okay. That's probably the best scenario. If you're using now, a if password you were manager. to not use that, and you, I would you know rotate every three months or so. Okay, you know, but. It's, it's just really, we've moved past, you know, password rotations. Okay. Um, I would, just for consumers, right, for regular, yeah. but it's, yeah. Okay. Are the passwords created by our computers safe to use? Like, 
I will, what is it, my iPhone, I set up an account, log in, it says, it creates a strong password, and it says use strong password, and I'm like, yes, because I know that my phone is gonna remember whatever configuration it came up with, even if I don't. So that's Apple's keychain. Yes. Right? Um, that is a password manager. Okay. So if you want to use Apple, the Apple keychain and you're an Apple user okay. and you're locked into their environment, you can use it on your on your Mac okay. and on your phone and your passwords will be there and they'll autofill and they give you that long string that's unique. Yeah. And I'd say that that's probably the best. You're not going to remember it. Right, no. but the keychain will, and you'll be okay, and you know your Apple ID password, so you'll be able to get okay. to it. But we should probably change the Apple ID password, especially if it's like, I don't know, something probably not very secure. I Yes, if it's not... <laughs> it's not a numbers and letters and symbols and whatever. I Honestly, I can't remember what it is, but it's it's like words. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd recommend at least eight characters. Okay. But... I'd even say go up to 16 okay. characters long. Okay. Um, a good way to create a password um, or any password is a combination of multiple different phrases or maybe song lyrics or uh, your favorite books or your movies, but then not making it... String together like, like a sentence. String together like yeah. a sentence, but more so random like we're sitting in a studio i could say on south tryon street i could say my password could be stryon stryon studio and then i could pick my favorite three numbers or four numbers yeah. or something and then put a symbol on it and then okay. you can kind of remember that right yeah. where Oh, it's Stryon Studio, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No one used that password, by the way, <laughs> if you're listening. So don't use that. It's now been yeah. <laughs> broadcasted. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's just an example, right? And, okay. And that could, that really helps. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are some of the biggest trends in cyber crime that you're seeing? It's still... Well, currently, big thing is ransomware. There recently, there's been a huge uptick in ransomware okay. uh, events, and companies are on high alert. Yeah. Right. Um, and it it just. It's and explain one, how ransomware works, just yeah. in case we okay. have someone that doesn't understand. Yeah. So. Imagine having all of the the entire network or all files or a a chunk of files that are sent that are since that's maybe sensitive information that the company owns or maybe it's your personal computer imagine your personal computer being completely encrypted and someone owning the decryption key to your computer okay. and then holding your computer and all of your files and all your pictures all of my client and all of your client information exactly yeah. uh ransom until you make a payment oh and you know you're either you either one yeah 
I mean, this is these these are the these are the, this is the reality that companies and individuals have to meet when they're met with something like like ransomware. Yeah. Is you either you either pay it, yeah, and they decrypt it for you, or they don't decrypt it for you and they leave you left there, or they decrypt it, but then they keep a copy of your data yeah. for later. So it's already compromised. Right? We're talking about cyber criminals here, yeah. right? Um, or you don't pay, and you make sure that you have backups of all of your computers and all your files so that in the event that you your computer does get hit with ransomware, okay. you're able to just back everything up, and you can just... So that's a good case for... Backing up your computer. That, that is a very good case for, for backing up files and backing up your the image of your computer. Okay. Now, one thing that's really interesting, and we kind of laugh about it in the security community. I mean, it's it's just really interesting that it's gotten so big that criminal organizations have start have begun to they have their own support lines. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> they have their own support lines. For uh, customers, <laughs> they have so customer that they can get their data in the crime decrypted, yeah. yeah. And they'll walk you through the steps, and they have support chats and all this stuff to like negotiate the deal and like all this. Oh wow! It gets pretty intense, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, it's very sophisticated. You know, the level of sophistication. The new criminal is, you know, intelligent and. Um, it's a business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they it, have a business model I, I often, and a support yeah, line to help yeah. you. <laughs> I laugh about it. It's like if you put that much effort into a real business and you wouldn't have to risk, Yeah. you know, it, it's just, why not just put that much effort into a legitimate business? Yeah. You know? But For a long time I've thought, though, it's like, like that's where crime is going. And it's like I, if, if you take something from me, like just don't take my phone. Because information yeah. is that much more valuable. Like, I, take my money, take my purse, I don't care. Just don't take my phone. Yeah. Because my phone is really what has, I mean, take my credit cards. I don't care. Just don't take my phone because that really is the you information that's in it. You can, cancel, it. You can it. cancel the credit yeah, cards. Yeah, I can cancel my credit cards, yeah. you know, and whatever. Um, but that now information. You can walk now, with with Apple, right? Yeah. I think on Android as well, but. Specifically with Apple, because I think everybody, most, we see most iOS users out there. I think yeah. it's growing, but globally, it's been m mostly Android. But uh, you, you're able, you can, if you have another Apple device, you can log in and, you know, cut that phone off. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and wipe it right, yeah. remotely. But, yeah, I mean, it's. But the hassle. It's, yeah. I mean. Another thing that we're seeing, right, is uh, SIM swapping. And this is something okay. for, for, for individuals, right? Okay. Uh, this is what can really be a nuisance to your life, really. Okay. I mean, it could really, it can cause emotional distress, right, to okay. have this happen. But uh, what they'll do is they, uh, what happens is someone will socially engineer a, a customer support representative to switch the SIM on, switch a SIM card on a, on a cell phone. And basically what that means is you have your own line with whatever carrier, right? Okay. Um, 
let's say someone called in and they knew your personal information. I mean, even down to the T. Maybe okay. it was... Like they called me on the phone. No one's calling you at oh, this point. okay. No one's calling you. They, an adversary calls okay. your, your cell phone carrier. Gotcha. And pretends to be you or gotcha. your spouse or relative or someone, right? Okay. And they, but the adversary has, has, has sensitive information on you. Where, where, however they gathered that information, we don't know. Okay. Right? This is just an example, by the way. Okay. Maybe they got it from another breach. Maybe they got it from, maybe they got some of it from the ticket fly thing we were talking yeah. about earlier. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or maybe it was, and they use your address and your personal information, whatever they have okay. with the support representative, the carrier, to socially engineer them into saying, oh, well, we need a new SIM card. And they'll activate their phone with your phone's Credentials really okay. is really what it is with your SIM. Okay. And so you've now been SIM swapped. Your phone, your phone number has been sw SIM swapped to the attacker's phone. Okay. And there, think about all the accounts that you have tied to your phone. Right. Maybe it's a multi-factor authentication. All the multi-factor authentication that you have tied to your phone, uh, email, whatever it is, um, now is not in your control anymore. So they're able to access. They own your life at that point. Okay. Right? Because now your phone no longer works. They oh. have your cell phone number, which is tied to all of your... So if someone were to call me, it's now going to their phone because they've basically hijacked my phone. It's basically just saying. having your, your phone hijacked. Yeah. No, I mean... It's so rare. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it's rare. Okay. I don't know the numbers on it, really. Okay. But it is, that is probably the, there's nothing you can do much to prevent that, right? Yeah. It's someone you've entrusted your carrier to okay. protect you in that way. And the carriers have done a really good job of, of locking that down. And, okay. And, and making sure that they, you know, are filtering customers correctly and that they're on the line with the right person. Right? Okay. But it, you know, so it's just to say that sometimes it, it, stuff will get through, right? Yeah. And uh, that's when, not to scare anybody, but <laughs> that's what you need, you gotta, you gotta look out for. I will say another thing to do is in the line of this is lock your credit. Yes. Lock your credit. I mean, if, you're living today and you don't have your credit <laughs> locked. Yeah. I mean, you're you're at risk for identity theft. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have to tell you funny story. You guys know I'm a realtor. Jeff is actually one of my clients. <laughs> and we're out looking for houses. And, you know, we come across something. We think he might want to make an offer. And then I'm like, okay, Jeff, we got to, you know, get this financing part wrapped up. And he's like, oh, my credit's locked. I'm like, well... You got to unlock that in order for us to do that. So, yes, keep your credit locked. But if you're going to buy a house, like, be ready to unlock it for that. That's just my side note. Yep. And <laughs> the credit bureaus will allow you to unlock it for several. For you know, a period you of can, time. For a period of time, and it'll relock. Okay. Um, so you can set that. But really, I mean, if someone got a hold of your Social Security information, they got a hold of your previous addresses, your phone numbers, your, your name, and, ad, you know, all that, and they were able to 
create an account with a credit bureau or, uh, or they went to a financial institution and they applied for a loan, well, your credit's not locked. Yeah. And they had all the information to apply for the loan. So all of a sudden, like, that, that institution is going to check, check your, your credit report. Okay. Thinking that that adversary is the person who used your information at the financial institution. And they're going to give them a loan off your credit and off your name. Okay. And, <laughs> I mean, if they don't pay it, I mean, it's... Yeah. They don't pay down Yeah, they the take loan the loan out, and then they'll pay it, now your credit's jacked now up. Now your credit's and jacked that's up, you and out you're, you... you're like, oh, man, someone stole my credit. Yeah. I have my... That's identity theft, you Okay. Know? And we want to prevent that, right? So how do you do that? Do you have to contact... Is how, it like one place that you, you can go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there are three credit bureaus, mm -hmm. uh, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to go to all three. Okay. There's and, no, like, one place, kind of yeah. like the magic password thing. Yeah, you have like, to go yeah, all three. Lock them all down. Uh, <laughs> yep. You have to go to all three okay. and work with them to get it locked, uh, okay. set up accounts and all that. But I, I highly recommend that okay. to prevent identity theft. Um, the password manager stuff okay. is, that is like critical, okay. I think. Um, you can't, with the way that we, we're all creating accounts every day mm -hmm. for all these different new applications and websites and streaming services and all this, it's just put in a password manager, don't use the same password. It's, it's going to save you a lot of heartache. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Um, Let's see, we talked a lot about, you know, how do we avoid being hacked? I think it's doing um, kind of the things that you said. Now, here's something. Fishing. What is it? Fishing? Fishing. Oh, tell us about that. Yeah. Um, well, you were asking about, uh, you know, what are some of the common things you see? And one yes, thing that we've yes. always seen in, cyber, in security, in the security world, is... We call them low ham. It's, it's the most vulnerable person to yourself or even just a company or, or an organization is the employee or the people, right? Okay. Um, and we have this joke in IT. It's like problem exists between, you know, person or person and keyboard or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, well. <laughs> That's where the breakdown is It's basically like saying it's the user error, right? Yeah. Or that the people are the most vulnerable link okay and it's really you can do all the security you can lock all your stuff down but if you don't have good browsing habits on the internet or okay. you don't have a you don't have a clue what you're looking at and you just click on everything when yes. you're going through email you can have a bad time yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> Good browsing habits. Yeah, I mean, seriously, though, it's like yeah. good dental hygiene. It's yes. Like, you need to have good browsing habits because you can't just go out to and just connect all these different websites and expect that, like, you're not going to get a virus. Yeah, like, just yeah. Like, or that you're not going to, something's not going to happen, right? So, yeah. um, but on email, right, uh, people are the most, you know, vulnerable. All it takes is for someone in accounting or... All it takes is me personally to open up an email that like looks suspicious mm -hmm. or like I'm or I'm kind of like I didn't really it was unsolicited yeah. right, um, 
and I'm like, what is this? Typically, it's like they try and plug at your heartstrings, yeah. right? Though it's like a demanding email. It can be a demanding. It's like you missed payments on like all this stuff. And it's like, I don't have an account with it. I didn't miss yeah. payments, you know? And then you're like, what is this? And you click on the link. And when you click on the link, you've, you've, you've already... They got you. you. Yeah, they got you. You already you made the mistake. Okay. So there's different types of phishing emails. I mean, they're either trying to deliver a, a payload to your host, right? With it. Payload, what is that? Payload, like a virus, oh, okay. right? To your, uh, to your, to your laptop or your computer, okay. right? Or they're redirecting you to a phishing link that okay. opens up in your browser and it's like, hey, log into this to see this account information. That's one way that they harvest your credentials. Okay. Right? Oh, wow. Okay. And so you, what's really interesting is we see a lot of uh, phishing pages are basically they'll just copy the HTML from, uh, from like Microsoft.com mm-hmm. and it'll be like the standard Microsoft like 0365 login or something, right? Yes. And they'll just copy the HTML. It'll be a different website, right? Yeah. You can look in the browser bar and it says it's like, you know, something random, weird. something weird, right? Yeah. Um, but the page looks like it's from Microsoft, so it tricks you. It's like, so I'm Microsoft. Yes. Like, I'll just put in my credentials. No, no, no. They rigged it so that when you put in those credentials, they get those whatever you put in those the email and password field in plain text. Yeah. And they'll just have your password, your credentials, just like that. That's what yeah. I get. Um, sometimes I have a junk email account that I. Anytime yeah. I have to sign up for something, I use it. That's a good practice. And it gets a lot yeah. of junk. It gets a lot of spam and phishing. Yeah. And I'll, I've seen on several occasions emails that look like, um, it'll say something about like picking up a package or something, and it's like UPS. But I always um, go in and look at the email address that it's sent from, and it's usually something weird. Yeah, um, no, that's... Usually that and bad English grammar is... Those are two a very giveaway. <laughs> yes, yes. I thank you for bringing that up because that is like when we recommend when we're people ask you know what to look for. Yeah. Look at the sender address, right? Yeah. Look at the look at the name. Sometimes it'll they'll say like, oh, it's from your IT department or it's from your sister yeah. or someone. I mean, they'll go to the links that like oh, yeah. they figure out like they'll look at your LinkedIn, your social media, and figure out like who and this and yeah. that. And that's a whole other story. You got to be careful with what you're putting out there yeah but yeah look at the sender and then look at the grammar right um and then obviously like they use weird i mean if you're technical right you could just look at the you can also look at the email headers yeah so for all the technical people out there you can pull out the email headers and look at the original ip address and the original server that it came from um and you can figure out pretty quickly whether or not it came from the source or not yeah um yeah, and all of that can be spoofed, by the way. A lot of that can be spoofed. So they can fake it. Um, they can go to great lengths to make it look pretty legitimate. Like it's coming from yeah, UPS.com a lot or of, whatever. Yeah, a lot of it's just lazy. Yeah. To be honest with you. It's, <laughs> like, it's, like, it's a on, numbers right? game. They're yeah. just like, I'm going to throw this out yeah, there. Yeah, they just mass. They'll just take a list of emails and click? send it out there. Who's going to click today? I don't know what the percentage is, but I guarantee a lot of people are clicking on it. Yeah. Because they keep doing it. Yeah. Well, I'm seeing it more in social media now, too. Like, I can't tell oh, yeah. you, like, a couple weeks ago, I want to say at least three people 
um, had had their Instagram or Facebook accounts hacked. And I think there's always like weird messages coming through Messenger or something. A lot of it was happening in Messenger. Um, and then Instagram, what I see a lot is um, people making fake accounts. Yep. Um, I've seen that. Duplicate accounts. And if you yep. look at it, I always, the first thing I do, if I don't immediately recognize that the, um, what do you call it, the handle has been changed a little bit, is I look at the number of followers, the number of posts, or yep. I'll look at the posts to see a lot of times they'll, it'll have the same images, but there won't be any comments or anything. Yep. So it's like, eh. I don't think this is the real person. Yep. Um, and then I've had a scary story. I know someone who got a job offer. It was like on like Indeed or something like that and got hired. They had like a portal set up and everything. They entered all their information, like, a new, like you're onboarding oh, yeah. a new hire with bank account information so we can make your direct deposit. And then, you know, basically was able to access all their information that you just handed over. But it looked like... Legit. Yeah, yeah. there were some, the offer letter, the per, it was a younger person. And I was like, I looked at the offer letter. I was like, do you, this English is not good. <laughs> like, yeah. And then, um, there were a few other signs that I could tell just because I feel like I'm older and um, I could just see things. Um, but, yeah, it was. And so that person had to go in and um, shut down everything. And, like, because they, they had a social security number, like, all of that information. So I was like, that's scary. And it was the length that they went to to look legit was yeah. pretty high. So, yeah. And I just come back to, I don't get why go through so much effort to yeah. pull that stuff off, but <laughs> yeah, keeps us in business, right? So, um, so if someone's oh, if someone's bank account has been hacked, like okay. what's like the first thing you should do? Yeah, uh, we call the bank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, they're gonna ask if you filed a police report. Okay. Most of the time. Okay. So So you do file a police report. I would do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the bank's fraud department will probably take care of that. Okay. It's not necessarily in the realm of what the, their security department will do unless there was something, if there was an issue with an application, right, that allowed, if there was an issue with the technology or something in the infrastructure okay. of, the, of the bank that okay. allowed the attacker. But if it was just someone stealing information for fraudulent purposes. Yeah. It's probably going to be handled by the bank's fraud department. You'll probably work with someone from there. Okay. From there, and uh, yeah, they're going to ask for a, for a police report. Then. So. What do you think about? Um, before we go, I just thought of one more question about like now there are all these plans that you can purchase to like protect your credit and protect yeah this and that and. Um, I, I guess they provide a level of insurance or something. Do you think that's a good idea as well? Or yeah, I, I recommend if you you know if you feel like paying for it. I mean, it could be I think between eight to fifteen dollars. I think twelve dollars a month, okay. something like that, and, and somewhere in between there uh, for identity 
monitoring, right? Yes. And they, what they do is they do dark web monitoring. Okay. So it's monitoring all of your emails, your phone numbers, your social security number, all of that. They're scanning the dark web for anything that's been going back to the ticket fly thing. If you had your email, if you had your Gmail yeah. being monitored by your by your identity monitoring service, okay. uh, they might have caught that when okay. it was released on uh, on the dark web, okay. and you'll be notified of it. Okay. Uh, a couple of tools that I recommend, if you're curious now, uh, to just go see if your email has been on a list like that. Uh-oh. Go to haveibeenpwned.com. Have I been? Pwned. Pwned. P-W-N-E-D. P-W-N-E-D. Yeah. Okay. And I'll, I'll give you the link. Okay. I'll put a link in that in the notes yeah. for everybody. And just go put your email in there and... It'll list out all the different. It'll list, I mean, it'll list out all the different breaches that your email has been associated with. Oh wow! Yeah. And if you do see some there, and you're using the same password from all those, like, I recommend to go change those immediately. <laughs> yeah. Good, good advice. I think that's good. Good advice. That's awesome. Any other thoughts or recommendations before we? Yeah, something that came to mind. You know, if you're not using antivirus, I mean, use antivirus. I like Webroot okay. for personal security, right? Okay. Um, you know, Microsoft Defender, if you're a Windows 10 user, they have a really good service now. Uh, I think it comes with Windows 10. So okay. just make sure all that's enabled. Um, another thing to be doing when you're traveling, particularly if you're using mm-hmm. public Wi-Fi, yes. is to use a VPN service. Okay. Uh, you know, airports, coffee shops, all that, everyone working remote. I yeah. mean, if you're not using your company's VPN service, you know, I might even layer that with your own personal VPN okay. service, even with your phones, if you're connecting to Wi-Fi. Uh, you just don't know who's who's on. I would imagine that those are hot spots for criminals because they know so many people. Yeah, they're are free. I mean, I can get on there. Like, yeah. You can go to a coffee shop, or coffee shop and scan the entire all of the devices on the network and yeah. see everybody on there. And then you never know if they've compromised the router or anything that in that. We'll just use the coffee shop example. Yeah. They can just see everything, all your data over the wire. So, I mean, it's... Oh, wow. Yeah, that's why you should tunnel it through a VPN service. Um, I recommend that. Um, What else? Yeah, I mean, safe browsing. I mean, don't be just... Don't just click. Just surface layer (laughs) stuff. Come on, come on. Yeah. 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 For the tunnel, um, do you... Or for for the VPN? Yeah. Like, I've used Tunnel Bear. Have Tunnel you heard Bear's of that? Yeah. Okay. Do you have any others that you would recommend? Yeah, there are a lot. Uh, or just find one. Yeah, you can just find one. Okay. Uh, you know, there, there are tons of them out there. Okay. Uh, I would look at, I mean, if for all the privacy people out there, if you're concerned about, be careful with who you go with because read through their privacy policy because you're now giving your data to the VPN provider yes, and it's going to their servers and then out to the internet. Right. So, and then back to you. So, you know, in the United States, it can be somewhat trustworthy, but in the, particularly in the EU where you have, you know, GDPR compliance, it's extremely, you know, it's a lot more, uh, locked down okay. right, from a privacy perspective. It'll get that way in the United States, okay. but it's just not there yet. 
So you're I, saying it's better over there right now? I wouldn't say it's here? better. Their policies are just better. Refined. The more protective. Okay. But, you know, the United States, most U.S.-based VPN providers are going to be pretty trustworthy. Okay. I would just stray away from using anybody that's just read through it. Okay. Um, that's something to consider. Okay. It's not like you're just, oh, I'm safe now. I'm using a VPN. <laughs> it's like, well, just be careful, like, what service you're using. Make sure it's, you know, pretty well-known and respected. So. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. This has been helpful. Like, I think I'm going to make a few changes in my life because of uh, our conversation today. Thank you so much for joining us, Jeb. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, for everybody listening, if you have questions, feel free to email me if you have more questions for Jeb. Um, just let me know and I can get you some answers. And in the meanwhile, thanks for joining. Don't forget to subscribe to Real Charlotte Living wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And until next week, I'll talk to you then. <laughs>